0: Who were we before shame told us we weren't enough? I asked myself that question three years ago and I haven't stopped since. You see, shame tells us that we're alone in how we feel. That it doesn't matter what we think or say or believe. Every part of us that feels unfindable, unreachable, unseeable, unlovable has shame in it. And I believe so fervently that there is power in speaking to that shame. So join me as we reclaim the space that shame has taken up. Hello, you incredible human being who matters. Your worth is untouchable. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm your host, Emily Stearman, and I'm coming at you from a place I don't normally uh, come at you from. I'm recording today in my car, which... I don't think it's going to be a bad idea. I've done a lot of sound check-in. I'm feeling pretty confident about this choice. I would love your feedback, though. How do you feel about this choice after listening to this episode? Uh, My friend, to be completely honest, there are times when I sit down to record my podcast and I just feel, uh, (laughs) ugh. That's the best way to describe it. It's not because I don't want to be here with you. It's not because this isn't an incredible privilege and honor because those things are all true. But I'm pretty regularly doing my own healing, doing my own work. And while this podcast is a 1000% part of my healing and my work, there are sometimes when I sit down to record after I've written, you know, I've got my notes, I feel prepared and ready to deliver a podcast episode to you that will help you and support you and and reach you where you're at. Sometimes I don't feel like I want to record. Sometimes I don't feel like I want to say what I wrote down because maybe I wrote down those things, you know, the day before or just another time when I wasn't feeling, ugh, you know, or maybe something, this is actually often what happens, something comes up the day I'm going to record a podcast that is uncomfortable or challenging or triggering. And I'm kind of in that headspace when I go to record a podcast. So, I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the damn thing. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. (laughs) And I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to talk to you about some of my healing and what I'm going through right now and what's currently been sitting heavy on my chest and on my mind. So at the end of February, I no, sorry, wait, rewind. At the end of January, beginning of February, I hurt my back. Um, and I was on bed rest for like almost a month after. And I'm laying in bed, you know, pretty much day after day, night after night, in a lot of pain. I have two small children and I'm also a business owner. So I work from home um, and my husband works. He does not work from home. He's a biologist, so he works in a lab. So I'm the default parent during the day. But I'm laying in bed not able to, like, literally put on my own clothes or, like, go to the bathroom without either Nathan's help or my walker's help. So I had to have people come and help me with my kids. And thankfully, I had some really supportive family members who were able to come and support me through that. But what did I have so much time to do? Oh, yeah. Sit in my shame. (laughs) My shame just kept droning on, truly, about how stinking terrible of a mom I was. You know, I'm laying in bed listening to other people care for my children. uh, Do the care tasks like the diaper changes and getting the picky kids to eat their food and pick up and drop off. The memory making, you know? And even though I did a lot of resting and a lot of just like considerable pain rifting through, I don't know, navigating of pain. There was also just so much like quiet buzzing in my mind of shame of you should be up with them. And for me, I really started to go down the hole of... You know, if you would have done this, then your back wouldn't have been injured. Or, you know, if you weren't fat, then your back would feel better. My mind became just a minefield of shame, of sadness, of darkness, of overwhelm, of loneliness. I did a lot of, is this going to be forever? (laughs) You know, which, to be fair, you know, when you can't move very well and you can't, like, feed yourself or go to the bathroom by yourself. I know that's too much information, but also it's my podcast, so I can tell you that. It happens to all of us. At one point in in your life, you're going to either shit your pants as an adult or not be able to wipe your butt as an adult. And I'm here for you for either of those experiences. But when you can't do so much for yourself, there's like a level of fear. And so I'm sitting there in that fear and in that shame Just hoping and clinging to points of light in my day. And even though I talk about shame, even though I actively am working to heal my shame and to heal my trauma and to cope, even though I'm doing a lot to support my mental health, I haven't been in like a shame spiral like that for a long time. It's been a couple years, truly which is a gift that I'm grateful for because I used to live a lot of my life in like repetitive traumatic and shame cycles and that was hard on my brain and on my heart my nervous system so I'm grateful for the rest that I've been given and that I've worked hard for I'm grateful for that but damn was it hard I'm laying in bed thinking really sad things about myself really dark things about my worth and my output as a mom as a human being and while my thoughts never went into suicidal territory, I absolutely thought multiple times that I was not a good person, that I was not a worthwhile person. I pulled away from friends. I pulled back from a lot of things that I enjoyed doing, like my podcast. I pulled away from responding to messages and emails. And, and again, partly some of that was because I was literally in so much pain, but I just felt so much shame, you guys. It was actively berating my system. And I realized that some of that also was depression. I was in my house. I have seasonal affective and your girl gets sad when the sun goes away. I do. I love a good sunshiny day. I love a good beach day. So sue me. So I'm laying in bed with no beach, no sun, no warmth. Feeling a lot of things that I know to not be true. So I want to share just a couple of things that I learned from my recent shame spiral, my my depressive episode, I guess we could call it either thing, and it would be accurate. The first thing that I learned is that I have such a propensity to pull away from connection. Shame and connection, remember, it's like oil and water. They don't like each other. I choose connection. Connection is a much more wholesome Supportive endeavor than shame is. But I pulled away from so many people that I love. Pretty much the only person I was having regular conversation with, other than my kids, was my husband. Now, Nathan is a great human to have regular conversation with. I love that guy a lot. But even he knew, he recognized being my spouse, having seen me experience these shame spirals before, even he knew that I was just pulling away hard. And I'm grateful that I had friends reaching out to me. Uh, My best friend was really attentive and mindful to me. And I was able to communicate with people as the days grew, I guess, away from my injury. And I started finding peace and healing in my body and just honestly rest too as my back started to hurt less. I realized that there was a direct correlation to my physical body feeling better and me reaching out to people. So the first thing that I learned is that my physical body truly does impact my emotional well-being. Now, pause, hold on, wait a minute. I am not telling you what to do with your physical body. You are an incredible human being and your body is the least interesting thing about you. Do you hear me? I'm not about to tell you to lose weight or to go to the gym or to eat vegetables, okay, you get to decide what to do with your body. I am going to say that if you're feeling like a slump, if you're in a sad mood, or a, if you're in like a cloud, if you feel like you've got an Eeyore cloud over you, or you're spiraling down, and you realize you're pulling away from people, could you connect with your body? Could that connection look like uh, a warm bath or a swim? Do you like to swim? I wish I could have swam when my back was hurting me. Ugh! give me a hot tub. I'm ready. Do you enjoy cooking and nourishing your body that way and enjoying food as an experience? You know, is sitting out in the sun and getting warm, is that something that you enjoy? Whatever it looks like to connect with and nourish your body. The next time you feel that Eeyore cloud approaching, I just want to encourage you, plant a seed, remind you that if this feels like it could be for you, then tune into your body and give it some support. Because the moment that I started having the capacity to support my body again, the physicality to do more things for myself, I felt a deeper connection to the people around me. And I was more excited to connect with the people around me. Another thing that became quickly apparent is that you can only scroll social media for so long. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not bagging on social media. I really enjoy social media. I'm on Instagram and I really enjoy Instagram and TikTok. I'm actually starting to post on TikTok more, which your girl is nervous, but it's been exciting. I've learned a lot. But scrolling and like laughing and learning and going, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And what a really cool person this is. And wow, that was such a fun TikTok. Or oh my gosh, I got to go check my XYZ thing they just taught me about on my TikTok or my Instagram reel, you know? There's only so much of that you can do before it just every TikTok and reel bleeds into each other, right? Or if you're a Twitter person, like how long can you truly scroll Twitter until you're like, Okay, I need a break. This is sad. <laughs> or this is really isolating. I don't actually feel like I'm connecting with these other people. Whatever uh social media represents to you, something you can throw yourself into to numb or avoid or dissociate, which I am a believer in some numbing, some dissociating, some separating yourself from the problem is is beneficial. Truly, I believe that. But whatever you do to Actively, pretty continually avoid and dissociate, maybe have some intuitive limits on that. Because when I realized that I was starting to dread TikTok and Instagram, but it was, they were just becoming like this habitual, almost like a muscle, like I couldn't help, I couldn't stop my thumb from pushing the icon, you know? That was when it was like day five or day six of my injury. And I was still in a lot of pain. So I wasn't able to like get up and sit. You know, that's how that's the level of pain I was in. But I wasn't able to like really replace those behaviors either, or those habits, because I didn't have much else to do. So I actually started to reach out on Marco Polo to some friends. And I started talking about books with one friend. And my best friend and I started talking about parenting. And I found it to be a much more connective and healing break for me. So, I kind of got into this groove where I would spend some time on Marco Polo or FaceTime or text, and I would connect with someone else, a real live human being, while Nathan was at work and somebody was helping me with my kids. And then I would get back on social media for a little while. Ha ha ha, so funny. Love this so much. Great. Oh, I'm starting to feel sad. This is not good. Let's connect with someone again. And that worked really well for me because, again, going back to that connection, but. The thing that I was using to help numb and dissociate to get a break, I didn't shame myself for that. I was able to go, okay, wait, this is at a current time. Ta- at the current time, this is a tool for me, but I also recognize that it can become a hindrance and less of a tool if I don't have some gentle limits on it, some intuitive limits. So it became a way for me to really check in with myself and enjoy. TikTok and Instagram. I also watched some movies on Amazon Prime. Um, It was like a haze of movies, though. I don't remember any of the movies I watched. Don't ask me because I couldn't tell you. (laughs) But sometimes when, when we're in that spot of life where we're really limited, where our ability to do what we're used to doing is limited, and we do have the opportunity to numb out, to dissociate, to just like take a mental break. I think we should allow that. I don't think we should be shaming ourselves. I am of the camp that dissociation and numbing has saved us and helped us cope for a long time. Let's use that muscle, but let's work on not only using that muscle. Now, listen, <laughs> if you're like, um, I don't glean much from my like shame spirals, my depressive episodes, I'm just like pretty much surviving. Same. Same. I have a microphone and time to reflect, my friend. I was not laying in bed actively going, Ho, oh, what an intuitive observation, Emily. I was literally like, oh shit, I gotta get off TikTok, like I'm feeling some more big sad being on TikTok. I gotta go Marco Polo a friend because I know it's gonna help me friggin' feel better. It's like um that that TikTok and reel that was going around. You can see you can tell. I've been watching TikToks and Reels because I know what has been trending in the last few months. But that TikTok and Reel that was like going on a stupid walk for my stupid mental health, uh, getting off of stupid social media for my stupid mental health, right? Being aware and observ- observant in hindsight has been so much easier for me. So don't like be like, oh my gosh, Emily, I can't do this. And same, I have a really hard time doing anything other than surviving when survival mode is enabled. (laughs) But hey, we get credit for surviving, my friend. And look, we get credit for surviving. And then very soon, so soon after, we're having these introspective thriving moments. I want to remind you that you are whole. Your worth is untouchable. That no matter how much you do or don't do in a day, No matter how much help you need or ask for, nothing about your inherent worth as a human being changes ever. Even when shame and trauma are screaming at us, that they do. You've spent so much of your life apologizing for things that were not yours to apologize for. You've spent time apologizing for how much space you took up and your ideas. You've spent time looking left and right before stepping forward to make sure that you were stepping with the crowd, right? And not making too much noise, not doing things differently than other people. you spent a lot of time gauging your worth on your output, on how productive you are, on how helpful you are, on, you know, what your lawn looks like compared to your neighbors. But none of those things are markers or accurate measures for your worth. Nothing can measure your worth. So when you're in your next shame spiral, not that I wish that on you, let's let your next shame spiral be in 78 years, okay? Um, when you're in that 78 years in the future shame spiral, please remember that your worth is untouchable. And whatever hacks and tips and tricks you do to get through the day, love them. Love it. Love you for it. You do the thing. Eat the cereal for three meals a day. Watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, ignore all your friends and families. Tech I mean, maybe te- like maybe text like once a day, be like, hey, doing good, eating cereal, love you so much, see you later, you know. But like ignore your responsibilities. Cope, get through it how you need to get through it. Whatever tips and tricks and hacks and living you gotta do, whatever surviving looks like for you. But please know, please remember, write it down somewhere that your worth is untouchable. That no amount. Of shame spiral or depressive episode will ever change that. You incredible human being, I'm so glad that you were here today for this new kind of different way to do speaking to shame. I just spoke, I didn't use my notes, I just spoke from the heart. Well, I mean, I speak from my heart when I use my notes too, but this was not like a planned looking at my other content and my other episodes type of podcast. I was just speaking from what has been on my heart. I would love your feedback. How did you feel about this type of podcast? Please be honest. I can take it. I would also love if you left a review. If Speaking to Shame has done anything for you, if it's impacted you in any way, whether it be five stars ways or one stars ways, one stars ways, one star ways. Hmm. English is hard. (laughs) However, it's impacted you, though. If you could leave a review, I would so appreciate it. You can review it on Apple Podcasts or also on Audible, I believe. I think Google Podcasts has a way for you to review too. Don't quote me, but for sure Apple and for sure Audible. I also really love and appreciate when you find me on Instagram from the podcast. I love that so much. That just, oh, that brings my soul so much joy. So if you found me on podcast and you want to come connect on Instagram, come and find me. I would love to be internet friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for existing. The world is brighter because you are here. I'm Emily Stearman, and this is Speaking to Shame. I can't wait to rediscover who we were before shame told us we weren't enough. I can't wait to find those parts of us that need healing, that feel unfindable and unlovable and remind them that shame is not our truth.